Hi there, I'm Brian Kotler, Director of Demand Generation here at Intercom, and you're listening to Intercom on Marketing. Chapter 7, Marketing for Growth and Survival. Startups fail for all kinds of reasons. Maybe their technology stinks, or perhaps they're not filling a need, but marketing should never be one of those reasons. And in spite of this, a lot of businesses fail because they're just not good at acquiring and retaining customers. That's what demand generation really comes down to. People tend to overcomplicate it with fancy methodologies and matrices, but when you're starting out, try not to get too fancy. Try not to buy unnecessary technology or chase fads. And just remember, making money is good and being boring isn't bad. Most great companies start with profitable and boring ways to acquire good customers. Do that and most things will work out just fine. There's one thing all wilderness survivors have in common. They didn't get eaten by a bear. Wait, isn't this a marketing book? Why are we suddenly talking about bears? Well, there's a strong parallel between surviving in the wild and starting a business. You'll either find customers and get them to pay you, or your business will fail and your idea will die. This is a stark way to look at your business, but it will put you in the right mindset. It's fun to dream about what you'll do when you have millions of dollars in revenue and profits. But if you can't get those first few customers to pay you, then you'll never have the chance to sell to customer number 1,000 or 10,000. So, how do you build demand? How do you find customers? How do you avoid being eaten by a bear? There's no easy answer, but the key to success lies in creating a repeatable process for generating demand. You've definitely heard the term demand generation thrown around as a startup buzzword, but let's be clear in our definition before we start. Demand generation is the creation of systems that build awareness of and a market for your products with target customers. To make this more clear, we can break it down into a few different elements. Products, the actual things you sell. Customers, people who buy your products. Systems, a combination of people, processes, and technology that can run over and over again. Awareness, knowledge of your existence and what you do. And finally, demand, interest in what you do and the value it creates. The specific demand generation system you build will vary based on the type of product you sell and the customers you hope to attract. But there are several common themes to keep in mind as you sketch these out for yourself. Let's run through them. Number one, start with the point of view. Remember that your business exists to solve a problem. It might have started as a problem statement like emails too expensive or catching a cab is too hard. It could have started by loudly chanting words like AI or blockchain while dancing around a fire. Regardless, you need a reason that your company exists besides a desire to make a lot of money. Number two, determine your position. Ask yourself, who is my product for? That's simply another way of asking who your customer actually is. Once you know this, then you should clearly define what your business actually does for the customer, what value is generated for them, and how your way is better than the old way they might have done it before. Here's an example for a fictional company. The new artificial intelligent shovel by Shovel.io helps onion farmers dig holes faster so they can plant more and sell more with less back pain than traditional shovels. Let's break this down using our questions. What is the product? An artificially intelligent shovel. Who is the customer? Onion farmers. What value is generated for them? Time saved through faster planting. How is it better than the old way? Less back pain than traditional shovels. Number three, understand your customer. As we've already covered in this series, the best marketing in the world is irrelevant if nobody sees it. The only way to make sure your customers see your message is to understand their behaviors and mindset. Research is cheap. 
fast, and almost free. So doing your homework up front can save a lot of extra work later. The more specific you are about your target customer, the easier it is to understand how to reach them and what message should be used to do so. Using our shovel company as an example, onion farmers are a smaller audience with different behaviors than do-it-yourself homeowners. That means their needs and habits are more specific, which gives you a huge advantage. It narrows down the range of answers for the next questions you need to ask. I'll quickly rattle through them. How do my target customers buy products like this today? Where do my target customers gather to be with people like themselves? What time of year is most important and relevant to my target customers? The more specific you can be with your answers, the better. Let's say every onion farmer in the world visits the annual onion con. You should note that along with who spoke there over the past few years. If they're all listening to onion pod, you need to note that too and listen through the archives to discover what topics they usually discuss. Number four, generate ways to reach your audience. This tip is simple. Dream up all the ways you could reach your audience and write each idea on a giant list. There's no harm in dreaming up ideas big or small at this stage. We'll assess them for feasibility later. Sticking with our example, here are a few ways we could reach our onion farmers. You could buy onion con or onion pod sponsor slots. You could purchase Facebook advertising based on interests in onions. You could try Google ad targeting for the word shovel. And you could try sending sample shovels to all the speakers at onion con. Once you've got those ideas down, the cold, hard reality is next, the numbers. That brings us to number five, winning on paper. As cheap, fast, and easy as it is to dream up ideas, it's the same for making simple models to help prioritize and determine if they are worth pursuing. Doing so involves some thinking about the different paths and steps people might take to buy your product, followed by some basic math. These are our funnels, and they are informed by every aspect of how the customer might convert from where they'll find you to the scale of the channel you're using. Here's an example of the math for our idea to sponsor an episode of OnionPod, which charges $1,000 to place an advertisement. OnionPod has 25,000 listeners. 2% of those listeners, or 500 people, will visit your website because of the ad. Another 2% of those visitors, that's 10 people, will actually buy a shovel. If you get $100 per shovel sold, that amounts to $1,000 in sales. From here, Subtract all the costs you might incur to create that shovel, that's things like manufacturing, storage, etc., and you've got a rough idea of whether the tactic is a profitable idea worth pursuing. This also provides a great opportunity to think about ways to optimize. To do that, you should theorize the outcomes that could change if you improve a specific component of your tactics. Maybe you can create a better advertisement and get 5% of OnionPod's listeners to your website. Or maybe you should just charge more for the shovel to make each sale more profitable. As you adjust these factors in your model, you'll quickly learn if the math works. Remember, use conservative assumptions and apply them with rigor to every tactic you're considering. Also, don't believe your own spin. This is a business, not a religion. When the funnel is in place, you should rank each idea by two factors. Difficulty, which accounts for cost, time to execute, and feasibility. And impact, that's revenue, profit, customer required, and other important business metrics. At different stages of your company's growth, you'll optimize for different things. Maybe right now it's customer acquisition, but later it's going to be profitability. Lastly, number six, you only need one thing to work. For big companies to grow, they need many demand generation systems with different characteristics of profitability and acquisition to work together. If you're still small, you don't need such a complicated system yet. So focus on finding just one that works. When you find something where the math adds up, run that tactic as frequently as you can. Each time you execute on it, you'll remove waste and increase impact. That first demand generation channel, when working properly, 
will help you survive, protecting you from the bears long enough to think about the next big idea. When your first system is maximized, or you need to grow even faster, you can refer back to your long list of original ideas and add a new test to the mix. You've been listening to Intercom on Marketing.